0: Oh, so many <laughs> DVDs of little girls in bikinis posing.
1: Oh, oh cannot talking- and Talking about Tokyo or? Yeah. Where
2: else would he be talking about? <laughs> Fucking Australia. <laughs>
1: an aftermath is like after the bombs have dropped, you know?
3: You're that is what an your aftermath society. Is,
1: it? Right, so it, you're not so much the bombs have dropped, you're like discontinuing to try to rebuild a destroyed city that never was really Right, in, in really the bad.
0: aftermath of my day off. Right. And I am the bomb. But did the bombs
1: you are, oh, oh see that? Now I get it. You're the bomb. That's great, Conrad. Hi, hi everybody. Sorry I didn't even say that, I just started talking.
2: My friend is Jonathan Holmes. My friend is Jonathan Holmes. My friend is Jonathan Holmes Pull your sweet ass cheeks apart. Oh no. I'd like to hear you fart. Why? <laughs> That's terrible. I mean, it's not
1: the worst sound.
2: Final it's Fantasy X little... intro this week for you, Jonathan oh, Holmes.
1: I forgot about Final Fantasy X. That's
2: it's a good one. That that was just a little piece off my upcoming album. Um, Jim Sterling sings the great brackets, all Final Fantasy songs, but with Jonathan Holmes replacing the lyrics. In close brackets.
1: People liked the Final Fantasy 7 music, which I also did not recognize. Conrad, you missed that last week. They did. I'm, I'm
2: milking the old joke, you see. Um, as evidence, I was miming, milking, pretend others. then. I'm still doing it. Were you really? Oh, yeah. that sounds... I just, wish that I could see that. Just for people to, to visualize at home. If I was doing this motion with you in the room, Jonathan, I wouldn't be miming and they wouldn't be udders.
1: <laughs> it would just be... Painfully I'd just bleeding. be wanking
2: you off, Jonathan. Oh! Thank I'd just be I wank. Someone- I'd just be beating off your cock with my hand until you Ouch. inevitably orgasm and semen comes out the end of it into my mouth, my eager, hungry mouth. And I'll I'll, oh just, I'll wipe a bit on my lips as well, so just oh, oh, like that. just waking you off over onto my face, and a bit goes like down the just streaks down the side of my cheek, and that's mm. when I like get run my finger along it, and then put my finger in my mouth and suck it and look up at you, and then you strike me on the head and go good dog. <laughs>
1: it's funny you would mention that because I had an idea for a reoccurring pod toid. Segment this week, and this links perfectly to my idea.
2: Is it where I wake you up?
1: No, no. Oh,
2: then well, I'm, I'm literally not interested. Then.
1: <laughs> I want you, Jim, to be the star of more things.
2: Oh God,
1: don't you think that's a good idea? That's the
2: worst idea. Oh come on! They should remake the Cosby Show, and you're Rudy. I'm I'm uh- drinking S- Smirnoff Green Apple. It's really sour. Think about
1: if they made a new Cosby show, got the whole cast back together. Right, Cosby, Claire, Theo, you know. But but you are the new Rudy. I'd,
2: I'd play the one that got shot.
1: Rudy didn't get shot. Rudy was the first cute one before Raven Simone took uh, took the part of the cute one. Oh, so you'd be like the once was cute, but still, uh, at one point, the show was all about Rudy. I mean, all the backpacks had Rudy on it and stuff like that. But he would be you, you see.
2: I'll, I'll be honest. All I remember from the Cosby show is is Bill Cosby saying, call your stockbroker. Um, and because I was a child, I had no idea what a stockbroker was. And in many ways, I don't understand the concept still.
1: Yeah, it is confusing.
2: Because yeah. it's business. I'm not a businessman. I'm talent.
1: Well, it would, you know, normally you are talent. On the Cosby show, Bill Cosby would have a problem or his family would be causing a problem, and he'd be like, Rudy, the pudding, Theo! And then Rudy would be like, Dad! And then everyone would laugh. But in this case, he would be like, Rudy and the pudding, Theo! And then he'd be like, masturbating Jonathan Holmes' cock, sperm spewing all over my face, and then Cosby just mortified.
2: I didn't realize I was a member of Spinal Tap. That's how you talk.
1: <laughs> You are the guitar player for Spinal Tap.
2: That's the problem. American my, my father in law does this as well. His mm. impression of me sounds like you know, Oliver Twist. <laughs> some sort of London urchin. Cause it's the only one Americans do. It's Aro, that. I am from England. Well, it's, are, it's he, are you doing excellent now? I can hear different ones.
0: Like, I can tell the difference. But my voice is incapable of doing anything but that horrible cockney. It's not that I don't want to. It's I can't make my mouth bend that way.
1: Well, that's generous of you. I couldn't. When Jim was just pretending to talk. Like different, he sounded exactly the same to me just now. You
2: racist! racist. <laughs> My God! <laughs> you are you. You're. I'll be honest with you, John. This isn't for the listeners to hear, right? This is just between you and I, right? Your, gee, your fucking racism, has gotten us in trouble for the last time. Wow. I need I you swear to God. stop. Uh, like, I bet the people in Cardiff
0: are just thrilled right now. Yeah. Where? Oh, oh
2: my! I mean, God. it's bad enough for no, them that they have to the live in fucking in Cardiff. World.
0: Cardiff
1: is that like in Iran?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's just it's it's not quite in Iran. It's just off to the left a bit.
1: Uh.
2: Oh, north? you you xenophobe! I like all the people. It is you and Walt Disney up there at the top of your ivory tower because racist scowling, looking over the the parapet. Scowling, looking down and saying, Oh, oh fucking hell, look at all them blacks. That is you. And then you say, Oh oh oh, I want coffee. And then your your like maid who um who is black and you call her out Jemima and sh- and you make her say ooh like that right, and she goes you want a coffee and God it's so racist Jonathan and you Is say that what I do I go yeah, yeah, you know, want a coffee you, no, no you make are. you make your maid who you call Aunt Jemima, go ooh you want a coffee like that and then yeah <laughs> I I listen to jazz right. This just is all that you do. She tap, she tap dances in because you specifically gave her tap dancing lessons, which she thought was you being generous with your millions, and it turned out you were just being racist again. So she tap dances and goes, You want to have it? And then you say, Oh, oh I'd love a coffee, but I, I want milk in it because I don't like black coffee because I am such a racist. And, and Walt Disney looks at you and goes, Oh, I agree. Because I also am a racist.
1: Whoa, where's he been? Why does he sound like that? Sounds weird.
0: Well, when you're frozen for that length of
2: time. Oh, the,
0: the larynx, yeah. It just sort of yeah. sticks up a little. Yeah.
1: That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So she talks like Pee Wee Herman talks when he's about to eat delicious cereal.
2: Ah, I like cereal like that. Oh! <laughs> I'm not going to keep doing it because people might think I am racist when I am just highlighting how racist you are, Jonathan. Oh. Um, yes. So I'm going to stop the recording here a second because I misclicked something. I can't get the Skype recorder back on, uh, and I don't want to miss any more tasty, incriminating gold. So I want to just make sure that recorded. Give me a second. Okay, welcome back. Sorry about the little disjointed bit there. Uh, te- just wanted to make sure that, that none of the racism got lost. Uh, because what would this show be without it? Hello again. Hello to my friends who have come round to tea. Uh, I don't know why I said that. Uh, I am here with, with Conrad Zimmerman. Hello. Who is not racist at all? Totally not, 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 not a, not a bit. I, I really, I didn't think you were racist. No, uh, no. even though you have a moustache like Hitler and Walt right. Disney, um, that you, you are the exception that proves the rule. Just like Jonathan Holmes, who doesn't have any hair at all on his body at all. Right, just smooth not and true. sleek like, not a anymore. Swim, like a swimmer, like a swimmer. You no. are like you are like Fred Phelps the swimmer. Oh, I'm not. I wish I was more <laughs> like Fred Phelps. Uh... <laughs> you wish oh. you were more like you wish you were more like Fred Phelps.
1: Why not? Who's Fred? Is he the swimmer?
2: He, oh, absolutely.
1: <laughs> he is. S- then he
2: swims for for yeah for freedom and justice. A
1: Jesus. <laughs> He's a Jesus swimmer? I didn't know they... What does he do? Just get, get <laughs> wet and pray? a Jesus swimmer. He gets wet
2: and he prays. Yes, he <laughs> does, sir. <laughs>
1: sounds, sounds bad. Now that oh, I'm... Lord <laughs> in heaven. Maybe I don't want to be like Fred Phelps. Now I'm worried about it.
2: <laughs> That's a great t-shirt. Maybe I don't want to be like Fred Phelps. That's an inspiring message for the children of America.
1: Yeah, sure. I want to yeah. inspire children. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> uh, we we have a big laugh, of course, on, on Podtoid, but it's time to get serious uh, because, of course, Jonathan Holmes is not a racist. No, I'm not. You're not a racist, are you? I don't think so. I hope uh, not. No, no, you, it's impossible for you to be a racist because you're a bit not white.
1: I am all the races. I think. I you're, think
2: you're, you're definitely a couple.
1: Yeah, I'm at least 3, yeah. maybe more. It's yeah. a
2: bit it's a bit greedy I think in this economy for you to hoard all the races <laughs> just sitting on them to pass down to your children like like a corporate ceo but with ethnicity.
1: Yeah, I wonder how my children are going to turn out if I ever have any. They might just look Caucasian or something. That would be weird.
2: Uh yeah. Well, they'll they'll be covered in something white when I get round to them. <laughs> Now you're what? How huh? do you? How
1: do you do? How do you just do that? <laughs> how do you just be like? You mentioned having children. Time for semen joke. Uh, <laughs> mine can make that sudden.
2: It's, it's a. It's a it's, gift. It Sh- Shirley Temple's was dancing.
1: She was, and yours is.
2: Mine is that. What that was. <laughs> Actually, it was funny. It, it comes to something in my... I was talking about this earlier, that this is... I'm at this, My career has taken me to a place where um, what happened today happened when I'm... I'm working on a new video series for The Escapist. It's not video game related, this one. It's mm. something else. Um, made the pilot, sent it off. And the guy, you know, the guy, he's in charge of The Escapist. You know, he's the guy with the money. This professional man in an email of critique, says, is instructing me that m- the judicious use of my anus humour. Which I just, that's perfect. <laughs> uh, th- this professional man is, is telling me that, that maybe, and he wasn't criticising the anus humour being there, it was just that particular use of anus humour at that particular time. And then I am having, as part of my job, this discussion about when and where to use anus humour, which led him To tell me as, as, you know, and this is why I I respect the guy, the the line was, if you need that much anus, have as much anus as you need.
1: That's what he said to you?
2: That's my career right there, that, being told, (laughs) I can have as much anus as I need, (laughs) which I wish you'd tell me more, Jonathan. Ah,
1: I mean, I'm not going to tell you how much anus you can and can't have. Just my anus is... No, it's off limits.
2: I'd prefer, it, I'd prefer it to be on limits.
1: I understand your preference.
2: Yes. <laughs> I'd like your anus to be on campus grounds. <laughs>
1: can't be done. Sorry, it's just a thing about me. My anus is just not to be tampered with.
2: Could he put it on layaway? <laughs> Well, you know, uh, I it doesn't. It doesn't void the warranty. A doctor will still tape it back up. <laughs> I assume I that's what they do with broken anuses. Just tape, tape, tape up? it up. Well, it's just kind of a space. It's
1: well. Anyway, <laughs> we will get into that. Whether it's positive or negative. It's a space.
2: space. I could keep an onion in there. That's a point. I was thinking about this earlier, actually. Um, sure. Yeah, because Thanksgiving's coming up. The the time where we celebrate good harvest,
3: mm.
2: good harvest, um, and I think you should be a turkey. Oh, I what? would like I would like for you, Jonathan Jonathan Holmes, my friend, yeah. to change your name <laughs> to Gertrude Gobbler, and you go around all the schools telling the pilgrim story, dressed up as a turkey.
1: Gertrude?
2: Gertrude Gobbler. You come out and say, Hello! I'm Gertrude Gobbler, the turkey. And Thanksgiving is good, obviously, because we're all here. And we have Indian casinos, which is also good. (laughs) Is that the story of... Uh Yeah, Yeah, the story of Thanksgiving was um, the pilgrims came from England, saw the Native Americans and gave them casinos.
1: <laughs> That's, it's pretty much true. You yeah. cut out a lot in the middle, and especially if, when we killed them. And-
2: I, I don't remember any of that happening. You, uh, you, in fact, you explicitly say that. Um, you say, like, the, the, the pilgrims came and and rather than kill any of the Native Americans, they brought 50 of them back to life. <laughs> Using necromancy, which England had banned, and that is why they were pilgrims.
1: That would be such a better story.
2: I think it would be fantastic, and that's why you know Indian burial grounds are so scary because of the 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 pallor of necromancy that surrounds them. Hmm.
1: I guess a pet cemetery is a necromancy story, isn't it? In a way, I hadn't thought of it that way.
2: Most definitely. Most definitely, oh. necromancy and pet cemetery, of course. Is is why we have turkey at Thanksgiving.
1: Oh, I didn't know that.
2: Yeah, because a turkey is a kind of pet.
1: I'm suddenly having a weird dream like confusion. Did I once talk to a couple of video game developers I didn't know about necromancy for a long time? I. Con- Conrad might know. Conrad, did that ever happen on Supholms? Did I ever just. Did I ever talk to two video game developers, like, late at night with weird colors flashing
0: about necromancy? No, I don't think that's ever happened. Oh, thanks. We should do that. (laughs) We should, but I... I would like
2: for you to change the whole point of your Sup Home show. Yes, the show is now going to be about necromancy. Yeah.
0: (laughs) You heard it here first, folks.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm up for anything My brain is
0: Alistair Crowley will be our guest on Sunday Oh, brilliant Is, is he the Satanist? No, I that's mix- Anton LaVey
1: Oh, I mix him up Yeah, my my mistake Yeah, my brain's all weird I've had a really weird day Uh, We should talk about video games, though It's not time
2: uh, Okay, well, that's a good point We will talk about video games Yes um, So after you tell the children That the ready? Um, pilgrims raised the Indians Sorry, not the fuck the Eskimos, sorry, I want to be politically correct here. Uh, once they raised the Eskimos back from the dead and gave them Eskimo casinos, and uh, that's when you hand out free poker chips to the children at the school and say, here you go, go and play poker at the Eskimo <laughs> casino. It's okay. Gertrude said it's fine. Uh, and then that's when you turn around, bend over, and you've got a flap at the back of the turkey costume, which we pull down, and then... The children line up and deposit an onion up your asshole uh, as, a, as a, a tribute so that when they wake up in the morning on Thanksgiving morn, they get three Thanksgiving dreidels from Gertrude, because we're, we're building you up as a Santa-like figure for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Why?
1: You know, I don't like onions at all. They're the worst.
2: Yeah, they're only little ones, like little pickled onions.
1: Ugh! Ugh! <laughs> Ah, uh, so and
2: then anus,
1: of course, not not my yeah, favorite. Your
2: lovely anus.
1: Yeah, not so. It's something I don't want near me, near a part of me. I don't want anyone near. It's like the, the triple threat. Right, of, but they're, they're, of terror. They're,
2: they're little onions, and they're chil- <laughs> they're children, so their fingers are small. So you barely you'll barely, feel it. You'll barely uh, feel it when they push it up there.
3: Ah, it's
1: such a nightmare! Such a, ugh, oh, you know. I mean, I, I, I,
2: I, know that you'll be nervous. I know that you'll be I was nervous. Nervous, I'll bending be- over while children, some of which will be autistic, are poking onions up your asshole, and that's mm-hmm. why I will be round the other side of the desk, uh, licking your face to calm, <laughs> to, to calm you down. You know, I'll, I'll pull the, the, the beak off of your face and like plump it on your forehead, and then I'll just be, like, just licking the side of your face, just to calm you down, just to cool you off. Cool me off? That's yeah, a- you're a turkey, you don't sweat, I assume. So, I'll be licking your face in the way that a dog would lick a face, um, just to calm you down while children, uh, take turns depositing pickled onions up your jacksie. Uh,
1: I will... Mm. It's not calming to be licked by a friend on the face It's not cool either I can you're think of nothing
2: head. more lovely Thank you, I, I'm, I'm glad you noticed I've been keeping in shape
1: <laughs> Yeah, but the breath and your tongue and saliva Just body heat, you know yeah. You're, you're going to be Yeah, it's going to be real sad real, Well, I mean, real sad.
2: it'll be winter And and if we, huh? if we play our cards right We'll get all the underfunded inner city schools So it's not like they'll have a heating system so it might be good
1: that I'm keeping you warm. <laughs> it won't be good that, because children aren't going to be like, oh, hooray, and like see a man's anus for the first time, and probably my testicles, which will be visible. <laughs> it's the first time they've seen that. They're going to be mortified. I'll, I'll I'll never forget the first time I saw... Uh, man's penis and testicles. It was interesting, but it was it was, uh, off-putting, to say the least. That was I've told you guys that story, right? Where I was just uh, a kid walking around my condominium complex and there was a man with a bag on his head dancing around naked.
3: <laughs> what?
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess I didn't tell you that story. So I was watching Meatballs, uh Bill Murray movie. It's a pretty good movie. It used to come on uh, before there was cable. It just came on regular TV, like four times a week, so I watched it all the time. But I was really into it. I, I didn't want to leave. I was getting to the good part with the um the race. And a uh, kid knocks on my window. He's like, yeah, come, come here. you got to see this. This is great. I'm like, is it better than meatballs? He's like, it is meatballs. So I'm like, what? And he's like, come on, <laughs> seriously. So I'm like, all right. So then we go off, and there's a guy with a, a bag on his head dancing around. Real hairy, real hairy guy, pretty good shape, just dancing around naked. I'm like, yeah, show my, here's my stuff, guys. And we we're just like, show us more stuff. Just laughing at him, and he's dancing around. He's probably a pedophile and whatever, so that wasn't too good. And then eventually someone wised up and called the police. And he got in trouble. But then I think one of the kids went into his house. He's like, Come into my house, I got cookies. And they're like, okay. I'm like, oh, that's not good. Whatever happened to him.
2: Interesting. But the eh. Im- the important bit of that story is you said the children were laughing and saying, Show me more stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what you're talking about, the kids being mortified when they see your rosy rump <laughs> bared to receive The thanksgiving (laughs) gift.
1: The older kids, like the 14 and 15 year olds, were were, uh, egging him on because they were just laughing at him. They weren't threatened at all. Uh, I was confused by the sight. I was not... uh, I just couldn't believe how gross men were. Just like a bushy, pubic mound. It's like, oh no.
2: That would be bad. That would be bad. That's why we will shave... Well, wax you, I guess, before... Because we want to give him a nice, smooth appearance,
1: Mm 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 no no it's bad it's real bad. The kids will be sad Come on
2: kids push an onion in my turkey butt
1: They <laughs> They won't they won't do it. They'll uh they'll leave. <laughs> they they'll fucking
2: just... they fucking will do it. <laughs> if they, if they don't there will be hell to pay. Wow. There are a few things that will stop me licking your face, Jonathan. But if those little shits Start being disobedient and not not playing by the rules. So help me God, it won't be an onion I put up their ass. <laughs> wow. So
1: uh video games, when, when's your Resident Evil 6 review going up, Jim? I'm don't, excited about that.
2: Don't talk to me about my Resident Evil 6 review.
0: God when's it going it. up?
2: God damn it,
0: Holmes.
1: What? I just want to know when it's going up. I'm like the, the listeners. I'm excited to read it. Is it up yet? You've read it. You've read um, it. You know
2: full well.
1: I took a quick peek. I don't uh-huh. the whole thing. What? What's why Why are you guys? I don't understand. I just want to know about the review. When's it going up? It's
0: uh, it? it's going up October first. Can we even include this part of the conversation now?
1: We sure can. We can say when a review's gonna be posted.
0: It- can
2: we? <laughs> that (laughs) was awesome um yeah resident evil 6 review october 1st i i don't want to talk about it
1: well i'm excited for october 1st is all i'm saying that's gonna be a a good read
2: it's the start of the scariest month in the world that's true halloween yes i love halloween i don't like halloween what? I realised I just said I love Halloween and then said I don't like Halloween. I'm yeah, not I'm not into Halloween as a thing. I love Halloween stuff. I think I've said this. I think I said this last year on last year's podoid. I'll go out and get Halloween stuff that I have no intention of using for Halloween. I just keep it in the house forever. Just various pumpkin paraphernalia and skeletons. Yeah, I, it's a, yeah. Good. I'm just saying. I'm just attracted to the aesthetic of Halloween. I'm not into the oh, let's give. Things to children
1: that won't kill them. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's an interesting time of year. It's when a lot of cool stuff gets sold, but it's not necessarily stuff. I don't know the the things people do to celebrate Halloween are always fun for me, especially my age. I'm gonna be forty soon, you know.
3: Yeah,
1: my... how are you, Conrad? You're old too. No, you know, just not like... that old. Alex no. and
2: I will watch a lot of scary films. Mm-hmm. Um, which this year will be useful for my thing I'm doing my my non-game thing I'm doing um, I'm
1: so curious about that what could that be?
2: it's a film thing so talking about doing a film thing um, but yeah watching a lot of uh, bad Halloween films which I always love to do like Dolly Dearest love Dolly Dearest
1: Dolly Dearest? Dolly, Dolly Dearest?
2: Like- it's like child's play but shitter than child's play Sounds good. Yeah, it's great. That sounds <laughs> when- impossible. <laughs> it's <When> did- <laughs> it's, poss- it's very possible, uh, And it's amazing. Uh, Dolly Jearist is a good one. What else do I like? Midnight Movie is another one. Those things, those DVDs you find in grocery stores, like eight movies on two discs for oh, $5. Shit. Seven of them will be shit, but one of them will be good and it's worth it, it's worth the gamble to find the one good one I highly recommend you do this this year, everybody just go to Walmart or, or some grotty little place where the poor people go and find a five dollar DVD with five to eight movies on it you'll have a terrible time but one of them will be good in a yeah. in a terrible way
1: I can recommend some, you know s- you know that one
2: I am familiar with s-
1: that's a good one. Fury of the Wolfman, one of my favourites. It's a good one for Halloween. I guess it's a little too early to give Halloween hits,
2: though. I'll, I'll save the rest for yeah, later. Yeah, we should have a nice think about it and do um, a nice Halloween thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Nice idea. Move forward to it, though. I like going, there's a place called Halloween HQ uh, down the road from where I live. I don't think it's actually the headquarters of Halloween. I don't think they base themselves in Mississippi. But there's a lot of cool stuff in there. Oh, I don't know that. I mean, how close to hell is Mississippi? <laughs> well played. Um, I do find that people are more apt to believe in God the closer to hell they live. I've noticed that. Like it's, it's hot and barren and there's nothing to do out here. And people are terrible. And they all believe in heaven. I guess you've got to if you live in the deep south. You've got to believe there's something better. There must be a correlation there. Like, that's why the Bible Belt runs through the shittest places in the world. Mm,
1: yeah. Yeah, cities are generally less religious, I guess, and uh, more rural. And they got soft. something, yeah, they got stuff to do. Mm.
2: Be- better things, they can get drugs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we should talk about video games, though. Let's do it. Oh, it's a short show this week. It Let's is talk about video trip. games. What do you Talk about what is the exciting video game stuff you guys have been doing this week conrad you did uh, tokyo yeah,
0: how yeah tokyo yeah um it it was interesting it was an interesting trip you uh, were
1: there last year too right
0: no this is the first time i went
1: oh i didn't know that how was yeah. it compared to your your expectations how did it compare? Uh, i
0: don't know my my expectations for things are generally pretty low Mm -hmm. Just in general, because then I'm not disappointed when I get to something and it doesn't live up to my expectations. So um, I was surprised at the depth and complexity of the um, adult shops. Um, I was impressed by the uh, collection of of games. Uh, The Tokyo Game Show is really just kind of fascinating in the way Mm. it's laid out. Because it's got these two sort of press business days in the front where... um, it's not that populated. Mm-hmm. You know, and the last two days are public. And so you walk around the first day, and there's just a lot of space between the booths. Like, it, it, it makes the E3 corridors look tiny. Like You mm-hmm. put three E3 walkways in, in this amount of space. And, and so knowing that the place is always packed on the public days, and you look at this, the scope as it dawns on you how busy this place is going to be, mm-hmm. is really amazing.
1: And then so. it does. Then the third day is just, yeah. you can't even move.
0: Yep, At least exactly. At I couldn't, yeah. 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 We, uh, yeah, we did everything we could to get as much stuff out of the way the first two days so that the last day would just be a uh, get-in and, and check it out and see how crazy it is and get the hell out of there.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. when it opens up on the last, oh, God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is hell. Um, oh yeah,
1: Jim, yeah, I forgot. I, yeah.
2: I, yeah, I went there once. Was enough. Once was enough uh, for me. But yeah, it's it's a cool. Where did you stay? Did you stay near that Seven Eleven with the eggs floating in the brown water? Well, every that's every corner.
0: <laughs> I mean, there seems to be a Seven. We ate at a convenience stores the entire week. Just it's good food. The food is good and it's fresh and it's inexpensive. Um, I. I I'm gonna miss canned coffee.
1: Oh, I know, yeah. Just the food the food and the quiet and the nice is what I miss the most about Tokyo, those sort of things. The food was so good. Did you stay at that hotel that had like Parappa the Rapper t shirts in the front lobby
0: in the no, gift shop? We stayed at a, a different hotel um this year. Uh oh. it was I don't know exactly where it was. It wasn't too far from Tokyo Tower. Um, oh, okay. But uh yeah, so it was actually a, a pretty easy transit to uh, to the show we, we had a good setup it, Dale booked way way in advance this year so
1: yeah that's awesome mm-hmm. and it was you Dale Alistair and
0: Alistair and, and then, then uh, we met up with Elliot Gay from Japana tour while we were down there and he did a couple pieces for us.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. He sat in the Monster Hunter line. That must have been crazy. It didn't end. Yeah,
0: there. yeah. He just he was like, "I want to go do that." And we were like, "You go right ahead, man." <laughs> Off you went. And-
1: yeah, no kidding. It's So amazing how much that, that's that's the third version of Monster Hunter Three to come out in Japan, and they're still excited about it. So weird. I mean, it's a great game, but how many times can you just revisit the same? general scenario but Bear in yeah. mind
2: that, that Dynasty Warriors over there is as popular as Call of Duty so
1: Yeah I was just reading a, a quote from the Dynasty Warriors um, producer and he's confused and sad that people don't like the series and it's kind of beating the series up saying that they're doing something wrong if it's not big in the west but it just doesn't speak to any themes that make sense to most people that are kind of embedded in western culture here you know, Dynasty Warriors, that doesn't even compute to, to most people. Whereas Call of Duty, you can immediately relate to, to those themes.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's weird because it has a, a, you know, not a huge following in the West, but a, a very dedicated one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've spoken to someone who for a long time was embedded in the sort of Dynasty Warriors community type stuff. You know, there, there is a, a very hardcore following in the West but obviously it's not. It's still a, considered a joke title among critics and
0: mm. and a lot of
2: other people. Um, but yeah, I always find it interesting there's that, that weird duality where in one territory it's the biggest thing and in the other it's considered on the lowest rung. It's such an extreme in both ends.
1: Yeah, yeah, then in Japan there's people who are really diehard fans of Halo and Call of Duty, but there's only like 100,000 of them in the entire country who care about it. And Maximum Carnage, I was reading on some blog somewhere that Maximum Carnage, the SNES game, goes for like $1,000 if you can find a a new sealed copy of it in Japan. Like the collectors are so hungry for that. Whereas you can just buy it here for 20 bucks. Weird.
0: Culture, guys. um, Weird. I saw uh, a Maximum Carnage for the Genesis in a used shop there. Oh. It wasn't that expensive, um, so I don't know. It may just be the Super Nintendo one. I picked up a, a copy of Snatcher for Saturn. Oh, cool! Over there, um, and it was like fifteen bucks. So I'm pretty yeah. happy. Now I gotta go track down a gun for the Saturn, of course, and find my cables, which are at my parents' house.
1: I forgot that Snatcher. I thought Snatcher was Sega CD first.
0: It was Sega CD first, and then they oh. were the Saturn in Japan only.
1: And it's um I can't remember the Saturn did you need one of those cartridges in order to play import games? I think you did. The ST
0: key. Uh, you can just uh do a simple mod by installing a switch on the board.
1: Ah, uh, mods. Yeah. Yeah, that's not going to happen in my world.
0: Yeah. <sighs> Modding my weekend.
1: Yeah, sounds on fun. My
0: weekend it's going to be like 20 minutes, but whatever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> my biggest regret is not buying more games I bought a ton of games when I was in Tokyo but there's still more that I just ran out of room in my suitcase I, but I should have
0: thrown away clothes or things something. while I was there
1: uh, I bought so much stuff I bought yeah. Tingles uh, the second Tingle DS game I bought um, sequel to Radio Allergy which is a weird shoot 'em up. up uh, yeah I just couldn't stop buying games I loved it I want to go back one of these days
0: and I got Snatcher. I got Police Knots. I got uh, Red Seeds Profile. Oh, cool! And for PS3 or yep. 360? Yeah. PS3. Um, I don't think they released it for 360. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, and uh, Quest for Fame, which is a Aerosmith sort of adventure game. Whoa! Yeah, really? Very curious about this. I'll probably play that on Saturday morning Hangover one of these days. Said
1: PS two or
0: one. Whoa. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm sure.
2: <laughs> I'm sure it's a masterpiece.
1: Sounds pretty interesting. Uh, Jim, what are you playing for video games?
2: Uh, mostly Borderlands two. The Just old for- Borderlands going on. That's what I did yesterday, all fucking day. Uh, wow. Awesome. I need to schedule that. I. Took a lot of time off today, but it was mostly video editing stuff, but uh, I do need to just say a day, like, have a day where I'm just like, fuck it, Borderlands 2, forever. I woke up in
0: the morning, we, you know, I, I installed on the 2360s, played System Link with the wife, her in the bedroom, me in the living room, just from 10am to midnight. That's, That's how it's fucking
2: done. That's how we do it. Uh, great game, undeniably. Yeah. Great game. Few issues... Yeah, I don't I'm like not, the map design. The map I'm design. I'm not a big fan of
0: the the shopping uh, interface in some ways. I get confused. I I think there might be a glitch when you buy try and buy like a a special deal shield or something, and it sells your existing shield, but doesn't actually then buy the one you wanted to buy. Oh, that
2: sounds like a. I don't Do- think I've encountered that myself.
0: I don't know. Something weird's happening when I when I do that on the 360.
2: There are uh, yeah, there are a couple of big old glitches in there. Um, nothing major. Huh. Nothing nothing you know devastating. But there's some stuff. Yeah, saying so the map design is is what kind of, it's been putting me off. It's gotten better as it went on. Um, but some of them are just they just feel very convoluted in their design. Uh, very roundabout, and they don't kind of. Some areas look like they can take you somewhere and then you find there's just a big old dead end. Uh, Yeah. So that's very annoying. Um, I'm also... I really don't like that when I open the map or a menu, um, when I close it, I hit the key to walk and the character just stays there and I have to take the finger off and press it again because there's some weird delay between the menu closing and the game coming back where there's just no interactivity. And it's it's very annoying. Um, but other than that, very good game. Very funny game. Obviously, you know it's 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 hard to divorce it from Anthony. I mean, the guy yes, hosted. He hosted this show for years, and I, I spoke to him a lot. And 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 knowing what he's like as a person. That's what that game is. That Borderlands Two is Reverend Anthony, as he as he used to be known, Anthony Birch, as a person. Uh, every time anyone speaks, uh, but it's you know good stuff, damn good stuff. Forbes didn't like it. Uh, that was quite funny. Forbes slagged the whole game off based on the writing. Um, what was the last? We
1: talked about the what's the Wall Street Journal review last week.
2: The, the Hilarious Wall Street was tra- Journal, yeah. And Forbes reviewed it now, too? Why are these... Do they usually review video games, Forbes? Forbes has had a gaming um, section for a while. It's it's okay. They do decent stuff there. Um, David Thea, the, the guy who runs it, I've spoken to him. He's a cool guy. He actually was the guy who did the review. Um, but I found it interesting that he... Like, people slagged him off saying, oh, well, you didn't enjoy the rest... Of- you know, you're a bad reviewer. How dare you let the writing affect the rest of the game? Why don't you just judge the gameplay? But I found it almost a compliment to video games as a whole that the writing affected the rest of the game that badly for him. I know it's, mm. it's not exactly a compliment to Anthony Birch to say, you know, your writing was so bad, I couldn't enjoy the rest of the game. But the idea that writing can be so strong now in a game that it could affect someone's enjoyment of the whole game, I, f- I found that... Largely a, a positive idea. I kind of mm. like that. That It shows that Gearbox puts so much into the the narrative and the the dialogue that it could have that overwhelming effect on the game. Most For most people, it's been very positive. Mm.
0: Um, well, here, I'm, I'm looking at Forbes right now, actually, and there's a, a piece here from Paul Tassi, who's a contributor there, uh, that actually is nothing but praise for uh, the humor of, of Borderlands and Bertrand Newman as they uh, write it. So it's not necessarily the whole publication's view, uh, hmm. and if that review there is, because this is uh, actually really very, very glowing praise. Oh, okay. Oh,
2: nice. I didn't notice that one yet, but... Um... Forbes are good at that. They're good at presenting almost every argument in the world so they yep. get an equal amount of lovers and haters. They're very savvy guys. They're, I mean, they're not a business blog for nothing. Mm. Um, but, you know, I found it very interesting that we're having... I mean, that as well, like, such a big discussion on how the writing of Borderlands 2 has made mm. people consequently love it or hate it. Um, and hats off to Gearbox for taking that risk. And, and I think it's... Uh, an important step in, in video games having more compelling narrative if we're doing that. I thought it was, you know, not a positive review for Borderlands that he slacked off the writing, but positive for games as a whole. That, and and a, really a positive a viewpoint of Gearbox's respect for story and writing, that, mm. that it, they were willing to risk that. Uh, so I thought it was good overall. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Oh,
1: that's good. Then you played uh, Hell yeah. You reviewed that. You didn't like it, I guess.
2: It was all right.
0: You know, yeah. I don't, I don't
2: dislike it. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's an inoffensive little platformer, uh, just with some annoyances in there. Uh, you know, I gave it a six out of ten for the review. Um, you know, it's, it's cool. It's, it's mildly amusing in some places, uh, woefully unfunny in others. Um, I don't. The the thing that really annoys me was how it breaks its own rules. You know, you've got enemies that can shoot and sometimes even move through walls, and you can't do the same. And and outside of that, the enemies are really easy to kill, uh, but it seems like they broke their own rules just to make you think it's harder than it is. I don't like when games do that. Um, The other big problem was they can shoot you from off camera. They don't have to be on the screen at all. You can't shoot them, even if you know where they are, even if you know you're hitting them. Because you know you see where the bullets are coming from. The game knows exactly where the enemy is, but it won't register your attacks unless you see the bullet hit the enemy while it's on the screen. If you Mm. don't see it, they claim it doesn't count. It's like a referee in a wrestling match. Um, You know, if his back's turned, the bad guy can do whatever he wants. It's that same logic applied to a video game, and I found it kind of petty. So... You know, it's it's got moments in it. It's worth playing. I don't know if I'd, I'd go the full money for it, but uh, there's some moments. There's a great level, like, set in a psychedelic, trippy area, and, and one set in this kind of lovely, happy bunny world where there's this French woman singing about how you're a lovely bunny, and... There's some cool stuff in there, but a lot of it as well seems like it's... It's like they played a whole bunch of Suda51 games and said, we can do that, and just tried to do it without kind of having the same kind of heart and genuine uh, sincerity that Suda has when he puts his himself into his games. Mm. It seemed almost like they... Deliberately wrote down on a sheet, we will be weird and get cult status uh for that and, and just kind of did it by numbers.
1: Huh, interesting. I've uh I've met the director on that game a couple of times, and he is just genuinely weird. And he he didn't want to get into too much detail with me, but he implied that the game was made when they were very angry at another publisher, and they just really didn't think a lot of stuff through initially. They just, it was pure inspiration and emotion, and they just started designing it. But then once Sega got involved, it's my understanding that the creative process changed at least a little bit. So I wonder if Sega asked them to tone things down, or I don't who knows?
2: Yeah, Uh, I mean, it, it felt insincere in a lot of ways. To mm-hmm. me, and it's interesting he says that Because it, it feels very canned Like a lot of the humour um, You know, it's like they played Disgaea, they know How to do the, I'm a, an Evil, hell, overlord type Character, but I'm slightly ineffectual Like thing, it's like it's It's all stuff I've kind of seen before And it feels like they They've played these other games and want to be weird Like them, um, and it's Certainly weird, but it's not quite weird and wonderful, you know.
1: Well, what they were really excited about and talking to them was the whole idea of just killing all of the cute demon lords. Is that right? You, you do a lot of kills in it.
2: Oh, yeah, they're like, the aim is to kill a hundred of these monsters.
1: Yeah, yeah, that, that, they, that's really from the heart. They really wanted to kill those monsters, I can tell you that. <laughs> Does that make sense almost?
2: I guess, yeah. Like uh, I mean, it's not the general core cool concept is is quite intriguing. Uh, the whole idea of killing these hundred monsters and then like to kill, like finish them off once you whittle their health down, you have to do a WarioWare style micro game that'll flash up. Um, it's all very interesting stuff. It's just you know, there's it's missing something, mm-hmm. um, and coupled with the the you know the. the the annoying factors and the, the really dodgy controls really it feel that that whole drill jetpack thing that, that Ash rides around in is very floaty and sticks to surfaces and it's it's uncomfortable it, it feels uncomfortable to control um, but like I said it's still you know six out of ten on our scale it's it's worth checking out if you're a big fan of that kind of stuff and uh, you know it's just only just expect to come up with some big problems, that's all, yeah, good one, good yeah. one, Jim I yeah. certainly wanted to like it a lot more than I did, right know? It's got well, enough charm, just, yeah, yeah, it's got enough charm that I you know wanted to like it more. It's just not enough charm that I did like it more
1: right, 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 yeah, that's always kind of a sour feeling that's sad. oh, and you got a code for cave Story, eShop, you boot that up yet, oh you God you, why
2: did you hate that game so much?
1: I like it. I like it. I'm a little sad though. I messed up. There's this weapon you have to get by giving a family a small man and then you get a gun that can shoot a duck. But I don't necessarily like that gun. You have to trade your sword that shoots a rabbit man out of the sword in order to get the duck gun. And I kept the sword. Because of that I didn't unlock a whole mode. So now I have to play the game over again in order to get the mode with the duck gun.
2: And so that's going to be difficult, stuff. because you hate that game.
1: I really... It's its weird. I've uh, reviewed it twice already. So you'd think I'd be bored of playing through it. I played through it again in like a day. And now I'm probably going to do it again in order to get the, uh, the duck gun. Get that other mode. I just never get sick of it. It's a great game. It's pretty good. I hope you like it. Have you played through it before, Jim?
2: I played... Some of it. Some of it. I've played some of it on PC, and I've played some of it, the, the, the WiiWare one. Uh, oh. Never played through it the whole way. I have a feeling, like with many games, playing it portable will help. I tend to, these days especially, I tend to find that certain games just work so much better for me in the handheld. You know, I loved the little big planet PS Vita. Loved that oh, true. Uh, a lot more than I did the console ones. I've um, been playing the the Metal Gear Solid HD stuff on the PS Vita as well, and I'm finding because I I used to play the shit out of Metal Gear Solid on the uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 on the uh, PS2, mm. and then I was replaying the HD one on the 360, and I was like. This has this isn't good to me anymore. Like I still love the story. I still there's a lot about Sons of Liberty I respect the fuck out of, but I wasn't getting into it. Something had just like some sheen had worn off. Uh but got it on the Vita, loving it again, so Weird. Yeah? Wonder what that's about. Don't know. Hmm, mysterious.
1: It reminds me of the uh, the Wii U, because that's the Wii U's whole idea. It's like, make it a portable if you want. And then you did a Jimquisition about the Wii U, didn't you?
2: I did, this week, yes. This week's Jimquisition video uh, was about the Wii U, and why it may, or at least have the tools to preemptively, quote-unquote, win this console generation. Um, a bit of a dramatic title. But you know, I'm a salesman. Um, but you know, there's some. The Wii U is going in an interesting direction. I think. Um, I think Microsoft, with its past two E3s, have made a very clear statement that they're not that interested in games, at least outside of the money they can make. And if they felt they could make the same money by doing something easier, they you know clearly would. And. <laughs> And that's not to criticise them. I don't feel like Microsoft owes me video games. You know, it's just I see where their business lies. They don't. They're not satisfied just being a games platform holder. They want to own everything. They want to be your entertainment. And that's what they did this year at E3. You know, they spend more time talking about sports. You know, ESPN and and all this shit. They spend more time promoting apps and. Videos and even political news on the Xbox Live dashboard. Uh, And again, you know, I don't hold it against them, but now that we have smart TV coming up, which I think is going to become a massive thing, I see television once the thing that consoles relied on to be played, uh, ironically becoming their biggest threat. Mm. uh, Because, how does my whenever you tell Microsoft, I don't want to pay $60 a year just to play video games online when I can do that for free. They say, oh, well, you're not just playing for uh, paying for online play, you're paying for Netflix and Facebook and Twitter. And it's like, but I've been browsing for televisions at the moment, and... <laughs> All of the televisions have that, like built in, and I don't have to pay you to get it. And they become these unnecessary gatekeepers to shit we already own. And I can see that biting them in the ass if they're not careful. Because, you know, televisions, at least for a very, very, very long time, probably aren't going to do your Gears of Wars and your Kill Zones and your Uncharted and that kind of level of gaming. They can do apps. Televisions now can do internet they can even do connect stuff uh, the, the, the late there was a, a commercial for the Samsung that I was looking at while doing the Jimquisition video editing that had people talking to the television you know they're mm. not saying connect find me pictures of dildos they're saying television find me pictures of dildos and the television will do it and I just see TVs undercutting consoles and the big problem is is you need a TV to run a console mm. Uh and, and the Wii U, interestingly, is moving away from that. like Because you don't have to be near the TV. You can just play it on the little screen. And even though that's not a massive thing, you're still going to need a TV for your Wii U. It at least sends this uh, message that, you know, you don't need to be near that TV all the time. Take a step away from it. Don't look at what it's got. Please don't look at what the television's got. Play your Mario's. It's an inch but- away from your dick.
0: <laughs> on, on top of that, the Wii U is, by eschewing all of those other bells and whistles that the other two console makers shoveled into their own, trying to control the living room. Now that the TVs are taking that space, Nintendo's like, see, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: pretty but much. they are doing Nintendo TV with two eyes at the end, where they do simulate their own kind of smart TV System as well, but you can but watch. But that's your shows always
0: going to be Nintendo's own weird shit. That's like being PlayStation Home, you know. It's
2: yeah. It I mean, that's that's the thing about Nintendo is they will do these funny little weird things, but they often feel very ancillary to the actual to the games. Mm-hmm. You know, I I have a feeling Nintendo, even though they're not always the games that hardcore gamers <laughs> want to play, uh, they are still very game centric and and even when they're not doing gamey things, they're still doing a weird. Experience type thing that that no one else is doing. Like we might not think that the the me channel is all that enthralling. We might not like the weird like oh, I forget what it's called. They used to do the the poll type stuff. Oh, everybody votes, man! Everybody I was all votes. Over that. Everybody votes. Like that's that's, all- that's weird shit that is kind of useless and pointless, but it's something to do, and no one else is doing it. They've done it
1: since day one. They had their home, first home console came with a robot for no reason. And yeah. it had worked with two games, Gyromite and uh, Conrad probably remembers the other one. What was the other one, Conrad? Gyromite and... Um, oh, God. Uh, it says, with the same weird professors, there's just yeah. like two icons that uh, Nintendo made up, just like an old man character. Yeah, anyway, yeah, they've done it with every console. They've come up with some attention-grabbing surface-level thing to get people to buy the system. Then they'll use that one thing for two weeks and be like, oh, so now what do I do with this? Oh, I actually play (laughs) video games on it? I guess I'll go buy some of those. Didn't think I'd do that. Well, and they
0: needed to do that in the West initially because nobody wanted to carry video game consoles when the Nintendo Entertainment System was was being developed. That's the reason it has that front-loading tray, um, over here back in Japan it was always a top loader and
2: mm-hmm. we didn't
0: get the top load version until the revision in the uh what 1991 i think uh something, something like that's that right yeah but the um yeah it was always a top loader there but they had to make it a front loader so it would look more like a vcr and they sold it to retailers as being an entertainment platform. Uh, and and you know, there were going to be other applications. There was going to be business software. And, you know, and then they had Rob, so it was like a toy for the kids, so they'd get the toy retailers. Oh, and the and, Zapper,
1: too. Let's not forget the Zapper.
0: Yep, and the Zapper. and you know, So that stuff all existed to get it into stores so that retailers would carry it and not be afraid that it was just going to sit there and rot. And they were going to be screwed with all of this excess product like they were in '83.
1: Right, and and Nintendo's been doing that in some form or another with just about every console since, I think. Well, it works. Yeah, it works. But what always makes me sad is when people... Like, I expect people who like video games to focus on video games, but uh, Nintendo will do these kind of surface-level tricks to get attention. And a lot of people who even consider themselves uh, video game enthusiasts, they can't see past... The gimmick and just think, oh, that's all they do. They just, you know, do robot games or do whatever their trick of the the console may be that time.
0: Meanwhile, they tricked however many hundreds of thousands or in the case of the Wii, millions of people into buying the product in the first place Mm. and laugh all the way to the bank and who cares? Yeah, I just want people to appreciate the good stuff in life, Conrad.
2: I think the interesting thing they're doing with the Wii U is they're kind of striking this happy medium now. Like, the GameCube was pure games. Didn't Mm. do too well for them. Wii U, I mean, yeah, there were some great games on there, but it was sold as this funny, dinky toy thing. You know, it was. That's how it was marketed. Um, mm-hmm. Adequately so, because obviously it made them a shit-tonne of money. Whereas the Wii U, it's like they've got all these hardcore games. You know, they're advertising, we've got Darksiders 2, we've got Aliens coming, we've got Call of Duty now. Um, but they've still got the put-this-thing-on-the-floor-and-pretend-to-play-golf-you-mad-old-cunt. <laughs> like, just this weird shit. Like I, I don't know if they've done that before, where it's almost a 50-50...
3: Mm -hmm. gimmick,
2: I say the word gimmick although I don't use it insultingly like most people do, you know, this stroke between games console and gimmick Um, I don't know if I've seen them do this 50-50 split Uh, maybe it'll turn out well for them Uh, that's the interesting thing with Nintendo is I think they're so unpredictable you you never know whether the next thing they're going to do is going to be this embarrassing failure or this shocking success, Uh, and that's why I'm so into the Wii U right now because I don't know how it's going to go. I just Mm. got no idea. And that excites me, especially now, so near to the end of this generation where people are so tired and there's not a lot of intrigue going on. There's this thing coming out at the end of this year that's so... I don't know. And that thrills me. I'm giddy to see how this thing performs.
1: Yeah, me too. And who's going to support it and how? Like, I I just hope it stays... Like My favorite thing about the Wii is it's the home to games that are bigger budget than like XBLA or PSN, but smaller budget than PS3 or 360 games. This weird sort of middle ground, like deadly creatures and the first No More Heroes and games that they couldn't spend a lot of money on because they're not bound to bring that money back. But at the same token, they're bigger than, than what you get on a download service. And I hope the Wii U continues that. Um, so far, so good. I think that's exactly what the wonderful 101 is. It's very much just like they know that's not going to sell more than a million copies at, at very best, but
0: well, it's...
1: there's Yeah.
0: Bayonetta 2. It's yeah, <laughs> exactly. a perfect example. That game is, you know, it's going to do okay. But it's not going to do great, and there's a reason why, you know, the balance sheets were run, and Sega didn't do it.
1: Yeah, putting that on... I mean, assuming that the next Xbox and the next uh, PlayStation are more expensive to develop for. That's not the kind of game that could survive on that. Beta. Yeah, it's
2: but it was it was funny. very worth it for Nintendo to do that. Just in terms of marketing, like the amount of time to- the amount of time spent talking about that just that week it was announced was mm. was huge. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's one of already like the Wii U isn't even out, and already that's an incredible controversy that they did this. And, yeah, I can see why Nintendo would spend the money on that and not, you know, something like The Last Story or they were so begrudging to do Xenoblade. Um, It was so worth it for Nintendo to do this because it generates a huge amount of heat uh, before Mm -hmm. the Wii U's out um, from, you know, from us lot, from us unwashed rabble. And then they've still got the, the, the... tablet on the floor, pretend to play golf shit to impress Oprah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it's uh, it's something I've been saying they should do for years is just publish games that make them look more like uh, uh, the developer that people think they should be. Regardless of how they'll sell, just for to, to get people talking about them and for, for good public relations. It's better use of money than hiring Dame Dench to sell you know, cooking mama or whatever that, what was she selling again? Brain training. You remember Dench? Fuck knows. You guys remember Dench? The, uh, the uh, Bayonetta? No, wait, uh, Beyonce. I mixed those two up. Whoa. What if Bayonetta is Beyonce? What if they get Beyonce to <laughs> do the next Bayonetta?
3: <laughs> what if Bayonetta was Beyonce?
1: Yeah, it could happen. Wow. My mind's a flutter. Yeah. People don't even know what Bayonetta two is. And they're already saying the graphics aren't good enough. And anyway, should we do questions soon? What should we do, guys? Have we even got Go time for
2: questions? Cause I don't know. It's up to you. I gotta, yeah, I gotta run in a bit. Let's do, th- let's do two and a half. Questions. All right, yeah, get two and a half questions.
1: Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. Oh, and you guys should all play Challenge from Kiyoshi. Let's look up Eight uh, Bits Fanatic on Google. Click on the page. Play. It's a free PC game. You download it. It's a tribute slash sequel, like a fan-made sequel to. Uh, Takashi's Challenge, which is a game by Beat Takashi. You guys know about Takashi's Challenge? It's a thing. You guys know Beat Takashi? You know him?
0: Huh? The name's familiar, but I don't.
2: Yeah, know who
1: that I is. might just be thinking about, about
2: Takashi's Castle, though the, the the game show.
1: That's also him. Oh, well, there you go. I have heard of him. Yeah, he's the. Uh, have you seen Battle Royale? It's like Hunger Games. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, he's the teacher in the beginning. He's like a director and writer in Japan.
0: Okay, that's where I know. Him. Thank you.
1: That's right, and in the 80s, he's like, I hate video games, but everyone else likes them, so I guess I'll make one that shows how much I hate them. And uh, it sold 80,000 copies.
2: Oh, isn't that the one that's supposed to be impossible to beat or something?
1: You can beat it, yeah, but it's really... You have to, like sing karaoke into it for like eight minutes and you have to press punch eighty thousand times in order to get past a boss. It's like yeah, it's it's cruel on purpose. And uh the developers of Tapura the Dead and Aben Hawkings and the One Thousand Spikes made a sequel to it for free. And it's totally awesome. It's easier and it's funnier. It's great. So download that, you guys. It's my advice. Uh, I don't know if I got any questions yet. I was just killing times until the questions came in. Derp. Because people don't know that we're recording on Wednesdays from now on.
2: Yeah, so- I am... I, um- I should have said that at the beginning. Uh, I did announce it on Twitter, Facebook, all that usual shit. But uh, yeah, we will most, more than likely, I think we've all decided more or less, that we will start recording now on Wednesdays instead of Tuesdays. So people subscribe to, you know, RSS, iTunes and that. They will get it uh, Wednesday night now. And then if you're waiting for the post on Destructoid, that'll be Thursday morning now.
1: Yeah. Oh, someone asked when does the Resident Evil Six embargo lift. We already answered that. See, people are excited about it. People are excited. They should be. Mm. All right. So here's a question, Uh, Sir Toby, is his friend Goonie one two one, who they do their uh, Japanese anime podcast, the Jap podcast. That's what they call it. Wants to know what we think of the movie Weird Science you guys seen that? Anthony Michael Hall and that other guy and that uh, Kelly LeBrock, I think.
2: I... The Oingo Boingo theme song.
1: Mm, Oingo Boingo, Danny Elfman, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've heard about that film for so many years and I've never actually bothered to check it out. I realize really I should. Good. It's cute. It's a cute movie. Wasn't there a TV series as well? There was also a TV series, yeah. which yeah. was
0: quite, quite entertaining mm. for something that aired on USA. Late at night.
1: <laughs> it's a series about two nerds who want to make a girl to have sex with. Yeah. So they use a computer to make a sex girl and then they take a shower with her and just stare at her navel. And then they turn Bill Paxton into like a disgusting green pus mutant bastard and then they go to a party. She's like, like a
0: genie basically.
1: She's, she's like a genie, right? yeah. but, the, but the intention it, is... It's I Dream of
0: Genie, the, except they made her out of a doll, they wore bras on their head, and they're doofuses, as opposed to being astronauts. <laughs> <laughs> it's I Dream of Genie.
1: It is interesting that they are horny, but when they actually make the girl, they actually they treat her very well and don't try to have sex with her too much.
0: Well, they? They're, yeah, well, there's also a certain... Well, first off, I mean, they're their creator. Mm. They they are her creator, and there's got to be some sort of like weird, you know, daddy complex thing there that I would I would expect. It's a
2: virtual incest story. Mm. That's
0: that's that's just unsettling. But on top of it, it also (laughs) demonstrates they're they're not bad people. They're just you know young and stupid, and they acknowledge that there is a proper way to treat people. Yeah, that's, that's why they're likable characters. If they were just sort of lusty, you know, lecherous. Nerds, well, <laughs> give us all a bad name, and that's why I have to appreciate
2: the film to a certain extent. Yeah. Yeah, Boy, they, yeah, they treat don't
0: her do so hard because we have weird science to fall back on.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, and um... plus we have pod toy to see what weird science would be if it was populated with lecherous, nasty nerds. Like if Weird Science had been made that way, this podcast there'd be no need for it. Yeah, it we was... wouldn't be here. Mm,
0: indeed, <laughs> actually,
2: yeah, we I mean... would. This podcast would just be called Weird Science too.
1: <laughs> the theme song is pretty good. it's like bits and pieces, pots and pans, pots and pans. It's my creation. Is Making that how it goes?
0: From my hands weird
1: oh, you got a good memory yeah they uh they create a sex object, then treat her like a human being. It's a weird movie oh this guy, blaster with three s's He's a good guy. He asks what's the weirdest press event moment? That's a tough question. Can we just think of a weird press event moment? Did you have one in Japan, Conrad?
0: Well, I did that brain kiss thing. You can see a video of that up on on YouTube on our yeah. YouTube
1: channel. Promote that's, that
0: video. That's, that's a video. Just a strange thing. Uh, they you know put this headpiece on you and it clips to your ear and checks your pulse, I guess or whatever. It's supposed to be scanning your brain for I don't know what. It's supposed to determine whether or not you're attracted to the person that you're looking at for 15 seconds. You know because that's not weird. And so there's this you know, and she's cute standing on the other side and she's just looking she's just smiling i'm like what i mean really am i doing this right now this is so fucking weird
1: yeah her to- tolerance for feeling intimate and strange with a man it's pretty intense i mean she just stares at you and looks very genuinely interested and compassionate towards yeah, you for a long yeah, time yeah
0: and you know i've I, I don't know that i've ever had that before so i didn't know how to react <laughs>
1: Uh, like deer
0: and headlights like oh god <laughs> oh man. Well, that's a good what, what do you do, I do?
1: <laughs> and you pulled it off Yeah, and that's on video for forever you're going to be long dead and people are going to watch that video and <laughs> remember the times um, Lucky Chainsaw asks what our college lives were like uh, poor w- wandering strange Conversations accidentally just being an employee of a movie theater or just talking to a girl's dad. I just met, and he's in a bathrobe. He's uh, it's three in the morning and he's like, Want some brewskis? And I'm just, I don't know who this guy is. Why am I in this house? And then you know, people just piling on top of each other and God knows what they were doing. And then I was in kaiju big battle back when I was in college, which is a uh, Monster Wrestling League. They had their own TV show for a little while. They opened up for, do you know the Five, Six, Seven, Eights? A Japanese band, three yeah. women. Yeah, we opened up for them once. That was weird. Did that in college. Uh, lonely, not always having a girlfriend. Got dumped a lot. I got dumped like seven times, I think, throughout college. People are proposing to marry me. Uh, strippers rubbing my tummy, and then telling me that I'm too much like Steve Martin, so we could never go out. <laughs> that happened once. <laughs> yeah, yeah it was weird. College was weird. How about you guys?
2: Bitter. <laughs> very bitter. Me and my friend Leo, who does music for me every now and then. He's a very gifted uh, musician now, uh, in a band called Dog Stand. You should check them out. They're good. Dog Stand. Good. Um, He and I would, um, this is actually partly where it came from, what I do now, Uh, we would wear sunglasses a lot indoors um, at college and sit in dark rooms and just sit in the back of an empty classroom in the dark uh, and wait for people to come in and just silently look at them. And we managed to get a guy, who went in there, just wanted to study, just wanted to revise, uh, came in, turned the light on, sat down. It was a good 10 to 15 minutes before he, his, his head just raised. And then he turned round and saw me and him wearing sunglasses just glaring at him. And then we both got up without saying a word, uh, walked to the door, turned the light off, and left. Um, that was it. We were really obnoxious it's no wonder we had no friends um i remember at one point kicking over a trash can and saying to one of the other students there's something for you to do and then wandered off Uh, which was funny because we weren't bullies it was firmly acknowledged that me and my friend were pathetic Uh, but we continued to act like school jocks even though no like everybody knew we weren't and somehow it was accepted that we did this. Uh, We destroyed a lot of property. There was a lot of property damage. Uh, He and I would do wrestling moves on chairs, um, the plastic chairs that they had for students and audiences. Um, You know, we'd give them suplexes, uh, or the Undertaker's Last Ride powerbomb. We'd build constructs. We'd get one chair, put it down. We'd turn another chair upside down, put it on top of that. Then we would very intricately uh, balance another chair on top of the upturned chair, leg to leg, so that we got these, and we, we'd make several of these, just these, like, religious constructs, and then we'd get another chair and just smash into them. We'd charge at women with the chairs, with the legs upturned towards them, and just scream. Um, we broke a lot of them. Uh, one guy, Toby, went insane once with a metal bar and just shattered a hole through one chair, and we, we, we created a chair mausoleum which was bits of a stage we we did drama, and so there were bits of the like big um hollowed out crates essentially which you drag out to expand the size of the stage, and we'd set them up uh two together so that there was a, it was basically a big hollow box and we It was great because we could then swing one out like it was the heavy door of a crypt, and that's where we'd put like we'd dispose of the broken chairs um And we we, we called it the mausoleum. And we were terrified that, that one day that would be found. And we'd have to pay a lot of money because we broke a lot of things and and that, but that's because our lives were so boring and, and petty and miserable that's how we got excitement was exposing ourselves to that kind of risk um, that was the most excitement we had was this constant overshadowing fear that we would be caught for our bullshit um, we would also draw like pictures of classmates and um teachers being you know murdered and tortured uh, we would then write our names in print on the pictures and then autograph them and date them and put our address on them and then just carry them around in our bags um in the i guess in the hopes that they would fall out and we would be caught and expelled uh, but the, we just did that because we we got off on taking these tiny risks because they were the most dramatic things we would ever do in our short and awful lives we fully acknowledged we were worthless uh, what else did we do um, standing on top of big metal constructs and pretending to throw fireballs at the class for an hour
1: like uh, street fighter style fireballs or no, no
2: demonic fireballs we here know but we've we, there was this huge metal rostrum-type scaffold, essentially, set up in the drama studio. And we clambered up to the top and then just looked down at the um, rest of the class for ages, just going... Ha, 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 and then we'd pretend fireball through in our hands and we'd... ha. To the point where only he and I were amused And the rest of the class had fully ignored us Uh, We did that We once spent 45 minutes Laughing at a cup of slush puppy Because it had the Ice is Cold written on it And we thought that was hilarious Because it was the most redundant uh, Slogan For a product was the Ice is Cold And we bellowed with laughter So loudly for 45 minutes Another classmate grabbed the cup Screwed it and tossed it Across the cafeteria and other things we did.
1: Wow. Sounds good. Well, the, the part two. Let's look forward to you telling us more about... I mean, that could go on and on. It's good stuff. Next time, tell us more. Yeah. Yeah, Conrad, you anything to
0: add? Uh, well, I mean, I started cautiously optimistic. Uh, I had, you know, uh, sort of a clear direction with what I wanted to do. And after about a semester and... and uh and uh, some time talking to so a lot of people I respected, I realized that uh, maybe this shit wasn't for me, and uh, that was the end of that. I had a really great roommate experience because I did a dormitory, and uh, they paired me up with this uh, guy from Colorado who was really into snowboarding and uh, really wanted to join a fraternity. Um, I had hair halfway down to my ass. Um,
1: did he have a and- mustache?
0: No, no, not at the time. I did have a, a sort of a chin thing. Uh, Interesting. I couldn't at that time. Oh, wow. Uh, and I, yeah, and, and I actually did get almost as thin as I am now at this time, at that time also. Um, so I was pretty, pretty skinny and, and small. And here's this big sort of loud, obnoxious, drunk asshole. And, uh... I would go away for the weekend and, and then come back and you know it started just as an easy way to get my laundry done but soon became like this sort of ritual like well if I come home and he's drowning in a pool of his own vomit, will I feel remorse? Probably I'll call 911, he'll live, it's just not <laughs> worth it. So it was just easier to go home for the weekends. Um, and one weekend I came home and the uh, whole place is just a complete wreck and uh, and the door is unlocked. He's not even on the floor, and I've got all my shit there, and you know, I was just kind of pissed off about it. And so I sat down, and I waited for him to get back, and I said, hey, dude, what the fuck? You know, Let's not do this again. And he's like, yeah, cool, man, whatever. And then I don't see him for like a week. And I don't know what's up, but I'm not really bitching. And one day I go to the mail, and there's all these complaints he's filed against me. He's trying to get me kicked out. And no. I guess, I guess I... I wasn't really paying attention to what was going on, I guess, because uh, when I came in, like the hammer that we'd used to put some stuff up on the wall was just like sitting on the floor in the middle of our bathroom area in the dorm, and the hall- the dorm was like 350 square feet tops. It's a tiny little room, and uh, so I picked the hammer up and. I guess when I was asking him to please lock the fucking door, I may have been holding the hammer and absentmindedly twirling it in my hand. And uh, yes, he took that to mean that while you sleep, motherfucker, (laughs) I guess. Uh, Just a little misunderstanding. Um, But the story spread throughout the entire building. It was like 13 floors of, you know, freshmen. And, uh, as his social standing slowly diminished during the course of the year, mine went the other direction Sure, because I was the guy who was ready to kill it. <laughs> <laughs> I was the one who knew right away that he was the guy who was going to piss himself, you know, while hitting on women. This, was, mm. this happened more than once. He would get so shit-faced to work himself up the courage to go hit on a girl, get over there, and then urinate on himself in the process.
1: Wow. Interesting guy. Wow.
0: Charming individual. Really, really a winner. And uh, huh. I'm sure he's actually, I'm sure he is an investment banker and makes a lot of money and is very successful and good for him.
1: Oh, well, maybe. Or he could be dead. That whole time I was like, and then if I found his corpse. <laughs> i was—I was sure that was going to happen at any point. So we did it. We answered the questions. There's one last half question. Let's just do it. Because none of us will have an answer, I'm sure. What do you guys think of Homestuck? That's from Existential Crisis, Daryl. Um, I looked at Homestuck once. I read about it. Uh, everyone was angry at the video game press for not covering it. It was... Um, Homestuck, I think it's some like comic book made on MS Paint or uh, when you read about it, it's just a bunch of like random words put next to each other, like homebrew, comic book, MS Paint, uh bisexuality themes, magic. Like what are you I I still can't figure out what it is. But they had their own Kickstarter and got tons and tons of money to make a homestuck game. But I can't compute it. I can't even look at it and, and it's like I'll look at it, and then before I know it, I'm looking somewhere else. Like, it's like invisible to me, or it re- just repulses me. I don't, it's so boring. I don't know. The art style is really bland.
0: What do you guys think? I don't think? Home stuff? say we don't cover Kickstarters. Yeah, because that's not true. We do cover Kickstarters. But if it's not a Kickstarter that we're interested, you know, at, I mean, on an individual basis, as the writer who's looking at it, isn't interested in necessarily promoting that. That, that's probably why it's not on the site.
1: I was gonna try to write about it because the concept was interesting, and, and maybe if I read it, will good. I just it, don't get it. I just yeah, don't understand what it is. It's a puzzle. I'm puzzled. I'm puzzled, Jim. Jim, do you know about the homestuck?
2: I give a fuck.
1: All right, good. See, there you go. Decided. Thanks, guys. Let's promote our shows. What are you doing? Conrad, doing a Hangover
0: on Saturday? Yeah, doing Hangover on Saturday we, because I was gone uh, last week uh, we still have half of the uh, Xbox uh, Winter Uprising um, to play, so it should be another really good show, some good indie games, and, and maybe if I can get it hooked up, this horrible Aerosmith graphical adventure from uh, the early 90s on PlayStation
1: Sounds awesome, from Japan, right? Uh,
0: yeah, it was released worldwide uh, oh. I don't know about North America
1: Funny. Yeah, I look forward to that. On uh, Sup Supholmes Sup is returning on Sunday, thanks to Conrad being back. Thank you, Conrad. I'm oh, happy to be back to do it. It yeah,
3: hey. should be fun. Should be a good uh, show, too.
1: I hope so. Yeah, it's a guy I've never met. His name's Derek Yu. He created Spelunky and a bunch of other games. And I'll be talking to him about the design decisions he made when Spelunky was a free game versus the ones he made when he was selling it on 360. Kind of the the changes that he had to make, and also how he tried to maintain the initial idea. Because Spelunky isn't a game that a lot of people would put up with initially. I see that a lot of free games. It's like they'll put decisions in there that make the player feel challenged to a degree that they couldn't tolerate. La Mulana is the same way. That was originally a free game. And that game will test you hard. Um, But then they turn into commercial games after they... Gain success. Uh, it's pretty neat. Anyway, so it'll be on the show. That's Sunday at 1pm Pacific Standard Time, 4pm Eastern Standard Time, live stream. Destructoid, uh, Destructoid's Twitch TV channel. And uh, it's also on iTunes. You can check out the reruns of the show on iTunes. Sup, comma, Holmes, question mark. I think that's all I'm doing. How about you, Jim? What are you doing?
2: I Well, we have the Jimquisition, which we mentioned, uh, cool. on escapersmagazine.com, talking about the Wii U. Uh, I think that's yeah, it's 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 a bit not a lot going on this week. Um, obviously we got the Resident Evil Six review going up on October first. Uh, that's the, Monday, right? That's Monday. The Hell yeah. yeah review you can read. Uh, now it's on Destructoid. Now, uh, that's it, really. I guess that's it. We will see you next week. Then we we're, we're done. All right. <laughs> uh, As always, you can get us on iTunes, RSS. You can write us lovely reviews on iTunes. There is an app for Podtoid that you get on your Android phone. It just brings the podcast straight to you. Um, You can buy that on Amazon's uh, App Store. Don't get it anywhere else. Oh, that's it. I'll see you next week. Bye.
3: (laughs) Fun.